0: Hello and welcome, I'm Matthew from Rosie and Rosie, investment property specialists helping you invest in property with confidence. Join us as we interview local experts from within the real estate industry and share with you the insights and practical tips to give you the edge when it comes to buying, selling, or renting your investment property. Today we're joined by building inspector Tom Katsapas from Assured Inspections. Welcome, Tom, and thanks for joining us.
1: Uh, thank you, Matthew, nice to be with you. Tom, today I wanted to talk to you
0: about building inspections. Whether buying to invest or to occupy, it's always a good idea to get a building inspection, even for new properties. So can you start by telling us what exactly does a building inspector look for when they're looking or when they're inspecting a property?
1: Well, Matthew, the first and main thing we look for is to make sure that the house is structurally sound and there's no major defects. We also look at the extent of minor defects because sometimes if there's a lot of them, that could add, add up to a significant cost as well. As far as major defects go, we mainly look at structural cracking, major cracking, which is a very common thing here in Adelaide, salt damp, roofing issues. When we go up into the roof, for example, uh, we have a look at the condition of the wiring because to rewire a whole house, that could be quite expensive as well. So it's mainly uh, salt damp, cracking, the major structural stuff. And then we, then we go into like, the bathrooms, check the water pressure, make sure that everything flows properly. One, one thing we find uh, problems a lot is the bathroom floors, they haven't got sufficient grade in them and mm. they tend to uh, uh, water pond. That, that's a common problem in bathrooms and obviously they're leaking showers. About nine out of 10 defects that Consumer Affairs receives are, are defects in wet areas. So we always check uh, for moisture in showers. Another main thing we look for is termite damage. Other than actually looking for termite damage, we generally try and find if a house has had any treatments for termites. We can tell that by the the way the house has been treated. For example, if a house is is treated pre-1995, they used to use old toxic chemicals, and when they used to drill holes around the perimeter on the concrete parts, the holes were about a metre apart. After 1995, a lot of the poisons are pyrethrum-based, they're not as strong, so they reduced that spacing to about 300 millimetres apart. So therefore, we know if it was treated, say, pre-1995 or after 1995, since the year 2000 if a house is treated it's got to have a notice in the meter box and that's not to say that somebody actually did put a, a notice in there also there's the house that could put monitor bait stations so if we see that a house has got a treatment meter apart pre-95 there's a notice in the meter box there's bait stations is it an ongoing problem with termites mm. and have their termites been in the house and if they're ha- a lot of houses get termite damage but if there's been termites especially in a brick veneer home did they do a lot of damage? Has that damage uh, been rectified? So that's, that's another major thing we look for when it comes to termites. When we're looking for termites, we also look at assess the house to see how conducive it is to future termite attacks, things which you can do or the homeowner can do to reduce the risk of future attacks. Yeah. Like for, for example, it's, it's good to keep moisture away from the house and avoid having untreated timber directly in uh, contact with the ground. Other things we'll look for is the minor things. When I first go into a room, the first thing I do is close the door behind me. Other than just seeing whether the door shuts properly, operates properly, I also look at the, the gaps around the door because if there's a lot of movement in the house, the door frame becomes out of square and you get uneven gaps at the top that tells us that there's movement in the house. Uh, Once we look at that, we check the walls for salt dam, cracking, the ceiling, sagging. There's a a lot of things, plus the windows, the function of the windows. The roof space is a very important part of an inspection. It's an area that nobody actually goes up there, especially at open inspections. (laughs) Uh, There we look at mainly the structure of the the roof, uh, the condition of the electrical wiring, uh, the insulation, the ducting. And if we come across any termites in a roof, one for the sake of purchasing a house, one has to assume that there's extensive termite damage in the walls, in, in a brick veneer house, obviously in solid brick, mm. you know, there'd be no damage.
0: Is that because they would have started at the bottom and then worked uh, generally their way yes, up to the
1: top? Yes, yes. And, and in new homes, they've got, because um, you've got a slab. See, see, the older homes, they're far more susceptible to termite attack, because a house like this, is a lot of wood everywhere, right? But because there's a lot of wood, it's easier to detect the termites. You're going to put your foot through the floor mm. before too much happens. In the new homes, it's all concrete slab. You've got alum, generally aluminium doors and windows, but you've got a timber frame wall. So they can get to a timber frame wall, starting in the wall that can go straight up into the roof, and there won't be any signs of termite damage till maybe an electrician goes up there or something. Mm-hmm. Who knows? And then it's, it's probably too late, then it's far too much damage. Mm. Plus... Their termite damage is not covered by the insurance mm. as well. So it's, that's probably a very major issue, actually, mm. especially in South Australia.
0: Yeah, a compelling reason as to why people should get a building inspector. What kind of things do people most often overlook when they're inspecting a home on their own?
1: Well, f- for a start, uh, it's not really a matter of overlooking. It's, uh, most, most people don't know anything about construction. So something might, might seem okay to your average person, there could be significant defects. Look, for, for example, most houses haven't got damp on the internal walls, but there can be. A lot of times the damp is not visible. We can tell on the internal walls, uh, mainly because of our moisture meters, which we check all internal walls. That's, that's usually at the earlier stages of dampness. Uh, then you've got damp. In about nine out of 10 older bathrooms, we'll always detect damp on the opposite side of, of say, a masonry wall mm. of a shower. A lot of times the house is freshly painted where the paint has, has been coming off because of the damp, people just scrub that off, paint it and you can't tell. Mm-hmm. But it's routine for us to check damp on showers and then we know, we can tell if it's been patched up or not. Mm-hmm. So therefore the shower is, has to be fixed. Plus leaking showers are also conducive to termites because, because there's a lot of moisture, termites are always looking for moisture and nine out of 10 times, termites will come in the, in the laundry or your bathroom. So if you've got a leaking shower, even in an older home, it gets wet under there. Like in summer, termites are always looking for moisture. So if you've got a, a bit of moisture around the house, they'll just, they'll just come straight. You're inviting them to come to your house, basically. Mm-hmm. And Another thing, uh, people, you know, when houses get styled, they, they furnish them for selling. People tend to look at the furniture and how nice the house can be, but they don't actually, well, basically, they don't see behind the pretty paint job, is mm-hmm. what we'd say and there's a lot to it. I mean, houses can have structural, serious uh, movement, and people are are good at hiding defects uh, inside houses. I mean, everybody's, uh, just about every builder has done it. It's part of making things look aesthetically nice. Mm -hmm. But there's telltale signs that we know whether a house has got serious movement or not. That's that's something that your average person cannot know. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, they'd be building their own houses if they had that sort of knowledge. So my next question for you was, What
0: are the warning signs people should look out for when inspecting a home?
1: Well, warning signs um, one thing is if the land agent is trying to do everything he possibly can to avoid a building inspection, that's the first and (laughs) my biggest warning sign. Sometimes there's genuine reasons for it, but in most cases, it's not. Mm -hmm. If a house has got a lot, a lot of furniture, uh, some people are just hoarders, that's fine, but you know, our inspections are restricted and limited. You know, we're only human we can only report on things we can see. Mm -hmm. Uh, If the house, if we can't see any parts of the wall or anything because there's furniture, or some people strategically place furniture to hide defects, Uh, we know that and we can look behind things, but in some cases, you know, if you put a big giant heavy cupboard wall, you know, I'm not strong enough to shift it, plus we're not supposed to be moving things anyway. Mm. I have a couple of times in the past and sort of nearly got myself in trouble. So we we only do the minimum if we have to. Mm but warning signs, um, look, it's, at the end of the day, some people are really good at hiding things. Some things are obvious. I, I think um, as long as you've got access to all parts of the house, I think that's, that's uh, the, probably the key to it. Mm-hmm. If if you know if the shed's locked and, you know, okay, they haven't got the keys there, ask why, you know, try to have keys because what's in there? Why, why isn't it open? Mm. You know, if there's valuable stuff in there, well, I'm sure you can have a look in the house with the agent and the vendor presence if you are afraid you're gonna take something. Mm-hmm. So access is probably the most important thing I reckon. Yep. Yeah. Cause you know, if you can see, and there's a lot of things though also, you know, you, you don't go up in the roof space, people don't go up in the roof. You can, you can see parts of the roof from the outside, but where there's box gutters and valleys and that, you can't, not all parts of the roof are accessible mm. as well. I had a look at a house the other day well, a couple of weeks ago, beautiful big bigola out the back and had a box gutter. But the exit point of the gutter was higher than the bottom of the box gutter. So I reckon now in winter, where we've had a, we've had a bit of rain, I reckon there'd be at least a couple of inches of water permanent. I reckon you can have a couple of goldfish in there. <laughs> guaranteed, because the water's not going to go out and mm. summer it will dry up. But if, you know, if that creates overflow, you can get back into eaves, damp, rot, right, all, sorts, all sorts of problems. Yeah. Yeah, they're things basically people can't see because, you know, they haven't got access to them in the, the open inspections. Mm.
0: And it's not just buyers who would consider building inspections. Tell us why a seller might want to get one.
1: Well, I think um, depending on the house, it's really quite wise for a seller to get a building inspection. For the simple fact, there might be some significant defects in the house the seller doesn't know. And if we can highlight that, sometimes it can be easily rectified. Or if it's not rectified, and you're you're just about to make that sale, that particular defect has got the potential to put a, a prospective purchaser off. Mm. So if you know beforehand, you know how to how to deal with all the issues a house uh, has. Also, some people might think that a house has got a significant issue, and they might spend a lot of money trying to rectify it. When in fact, there's nothing wrong with it, mm. and they didn't have to do that. So. We, we always recommend Bricella to get a house inspect, especially if, if the house is a little bit run down, we can at least tell them, you know, you should, if I was in, inspecting this house, I'm gonna pick on this and I'm gonna pick on that, but don't worry about that, it's only a minor thing. And mm. sort of instead of spending too much money, basically advise them on what to fix and what not to fix, plus alert them to anything that they might you know, not might be aware of. Yeah,
0: great. What can you tell us that most building inspectors wouldn't want
1: us to know? Well, that they're not really building inspectors. Basically, look. The, our industry here is um, in most of Australia is not really regulated. Basically, yourself or anybody listening to this, Matthew, can go out and do pre-purchase house inspections. There's no regulations. You don't need any qualifications. There's a lot of guys that have got building experience, but that could be just experience with one particular trade and associated trades that they've sort of worked with. But you really need someone that's got minimum builder's qualifications. Someone that's got experience. In that's actually in all aspects of construction and not just one particular trade in a rough idea of all the other trades. And also, some people are are really have got very, have got a lot of academic qualifications, but experience is very important as well. I mean, I've done a few inspections for structural engineers. I have a a lot of respect uh, for engineers. Uh, Most of them have been been younger ones, but they might be really good at designing bridges or stuff, but you know, if they haven't owned, or ever owned in, a, in an old home, do not know what, how defects can get covered up. They wouldn't know how to look for damp. And, and I've done a few inspections for engineers like that. So it's not... It's, it's basically somebody that's... Uh, you need someone that's had experience in actual house construction. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what form it is. And across the board, in all aspects of... In all trades.
0: All right, Tom, do you have any other tips specifically for investors looking to purchase property and considering a building inspection?
1: What do, you, what do you call an investment first? It's something that's gonna provide you a good return in the long term. Now, if a house is totally run down, for example, and, and the structure, uh, the bones are solid, so to speak, mm-hmm. it's sound, uh, someone that's quite handy, they can do a lot of the repairs and capitalize on that. Whereas if it's, a, if it's somebody from a interstate, For example, it's really hard getting tradespeople at the best of times, let alone when you're not there to actually see what they're actually doing. Mm. Plus, if you're, you know, you want to invest in a house and you've got no one that's actually going to help you do any repair work and you have to pay for everything, then you'd really want to get something, not that's just structurally sound, that's first and foremost with any investment, but even when it comes to the, the minor defects, because if there's a lot of little things, especially if you want to rent it and you have to keep it up to scratch, if you have to start paying people to do everything that's going to start costing you a lot of money so then there's no investment in that. Mm. So it depends it depends on your own capabilities and obviously uh, the house the main structure of the house to be sound because anything else can be quite easily rectified so no matter of how much yep. which goes back down to your investment. Mm.
0: So be honest with your abilities. We at Rosie and Rosie refer to different types of investing as either active or passive. And the passive type of investing is buying something that might be new or, you know, needs a very little work. Occasionally, you might need to replace an appliance or repaint or recarpet. carpet um, Whereas an active investment is something where you actively need to go through the, the renovation, extension, yep. subdivision or complete um, uh, rebuilding. So be honest with your abilities. The TV shows make it look quite easy. But if you're time poor and haven't got a trade, then perhaps maybe reconsider... Uh, Yes, the yes.
1: you purchase. Personally, I think those TV shows should be banned, actually. <laughs> yeah, I'm serious, you know, because, well, the, I haven't built for a while now, over over a decade, but when I was building, I went to a house once, and a lady wanted me to take out a window and put a, a big a sliding aluminium door, and she said, oh, when you finish, can you do it like I do it on TV so we don't have to paint the inside of the wall? I mean, no, I'm sorry, I can't do that. <laughs> You know, people's expectations are too much. Uh, And that's, with that lady, it wasn't bad because at least she was getting a builder to do it. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people attempt these themselves. And tradies, how many stories do you hear of tradies not doing the job properly? Mm -hmm. So someone that does it all the time makes a lot of mistakes, let alone someone that's inexperienced. So don't, if you buy a house, you know, you should know it's important to know. Be honest with yourself and know your own capabilities. Mm. Otherwise, those dreams are going to turn out to be nightmares. Mm. No no other word for it. Fantastic. And thank
0: you for joining us today, Tom. I'm afraid that's all we've got time for. But before you go, tell us, how can people follow or get in contact with you?
1: Well, they can follow us on Facebook or just they can either email us asinspect.hotmail.com or they can call us 0417 828 457. We'll be more than happy to help anybody.
0: Thanks, Tom. We'll put those details in the description as well. Um, And thank you again. We certainly look forward to having you back. Thank you, listeners, for joining us too. We hope you found uh, Tom's insights to be useful. If you have any questions for Tom, he is only too happy to hear from you. Also, if you have any questions, queries or feedback for us, please send them in, comment below or email hello at rosyandrosy.com.au. We'd love to hear from you too. It's been a pleasure having you with us again, but it's time for us to go. Until next time, I'm Matthew from Rosie and Rosie, helping you invest in property with confidence.